0: There he goes. The great hardball hard. And yeah, fun conversation with Jared Sandler of the Texas Rangers Radio Network. If you missed it, check out the podcast. We'll put it up a little bit later today. But yeah, we got to open up with some baseball conversation because Trey, you and I are both Rangers fans. Usually that's an unfortunate thing, but throughout these playoffs, it's been fortunate. The Rangers a perfect 5 and 0 in this postseason. They sweep the Baltimore Orioles, and they advanced to the American League Championship Series for the first time since 2011. Life is pretty good for us, and it's pretty good for Rangers fans everywhere, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. I am just going to continue enjoying the ride, BK. I have no expectations for what this team's going to do the rest of the way. They have gone up and down very fast at times this year, especially the last couple months of the season, but this has been a fun one so far, not even having to suffer through a single loss through the first couple rounds of the playoffs. It's going to happen eventually. It's just a matter of uh, who that next opponent is who may hand them that first loss. Looking like it'll be the Houston Astros, which I don't feel great about, but there's an outside chance the twins can come back and win that series.
0: No, there's not.
1: No, there's not. No, Nope. no, no. Nope.
0: The Astros don't not get to the ALCS. That's just what they do. They've done it six years in a row, even during the pandemic shortened season where the Astros had a below 500 record during the regular year. They still found a way to get to the ALCS. In Game 7 of the ALCS, mind you, this is what they do. So I fully expect the Astros to get a win tonight. Game 4 between the Strohs and the Twins coming up in Minnesota a little bit later. I think it's a 6 1st pitch up there. Uh, I think the Astros are going to take care of their business. And we're going to get that Texas two-step. That Texas-sized American League Championship Series. One of the best rivalries in all of baseball. These two teams duking it out. The Astros been there, done that. The Rangers, you know, they've been in this spot before, but obviously it's been a long time since they've been here, and nobody on that 2011 team is a part of what they've got going on here in 2023. So it will uh, be a ton of fun, and there will be storylines galore if we get the Astros
1: and the Rangers. And look, the Rangers' offense is one of the best in baseball. It's been a story all year long, but you got to give credit to the pitching for holding up getting good starters innings or the rare occasion where they haven't the bullpen has come in and done a good enough job to allow this team to continue winning games and there's an outside shot now that maybe not even outside there is a shot now that we get to see max scherzer as a part of this uh, either rotation or bullpen in the championship series and john gray may also come back during the championship series too so this ranger's roster maybe even uh, getting even stronger at a spot where people have assumed it to be a weakness for much of the season yeah
0: there are plenty of reasons to be confident right now if you're a rangers fan now look success in one series doesn't always translate to success in the next series but i mean the fact that the rangers made quick work of the two best teams record wise in the american league is very very impressive and a lot of the games weren't even close Uh, against Tampa Bay and Baltimore so you're right the offense is awesome and the pitching has has figured it out too this team's playing at a uh, really really high
1: level right now and uh, there are a couple of people giving love to Bruce Bochy on the YouTube comments line right now including our buddy Ike Jason as well and when I had you place that bet in the preseason BK look I knew it was far-fetched I mean it was a hundred dollar bet on 70 to 1 odds I believe to where if the Rangers can actually win a World Series. I have won $7,000, and oh my God, that would feel incredible. But the biggest reason why I believe Texas might have a shot this year is because Bruce Bochi is the manager. I mean, they've made good moves these last couple of off-seasons in bringing talent to the lineup and then also the rotation and the bullpen to a lesser degree. But it really is about Bruce Bochi proving – Uh, over the last 15 years or so that he is one of the best managers in the history of this sport. Yeah. And he is proving it once again right now. No doubt.
0: No doubt. And the Rangers ownership group has shown over the last couple of years that they're serious about winning, right? Like every ownership group will tell their fans that they want to win. Uh, The Pittsburgh Pirates ownership group is telling their fans that they're serious about winning. Well, they don't actually make the moves that show you that that's the case. The Rangers, with just how much they spent the last couple of off-seasons, you know, two years ago it was adding to the lineup. Last year it was obviously adding to the pitching staff. Those type of moves told you that they actually wanted to turn things around up there. And then, yeah, Bruce Bochy bringing him in, a Hall of Fame manager, three World Series titles, bringing that guy into the fold has been absolutely huge. And, yeah, that's uh, that's the difference in this Rangers team. You know, no disrespect to Woodward or... Bannister, actually, yeah, no, a little disrespect to those guys. They couldn't yeah. they couldn't do anything close to what Bruce Bochy is doing. And, yeah, the fact that it's year one for Bruce Bochy and this team went from, you know, 94 losses last year and 100-plus losses two years ago to uh, the Final Four in Major League Baseball, that's a direct testament to just how good of a skipper Bruce Bochy is. Even uh, Ron Washington, sorry, I have some allergies over here, even uh, even Wash, I don't know if he could uh, work his magic with this type of group. Bruce Bochy is is big time. And, yeah, he's been the best addition. There's been a lot of great additions for the Rangers over the last couple of years. But uh, Bochy has been awesome for them. And you feel like you got a manager who can match wits with anybody at the most important time of the year?
1: That's right. And so if they get these arms back, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I know Scherzer is trying to stretch himself out to – go starters innings even if it's maybe uh, serving as an opener to get him back out there with the sort of competitor he is would be a big deal and John Gray too I think John Gray I would guess that he is close to uh, being able to provide starters innings than Scherzer is and Scherzer's injury seemed like it was reported at the time that it was a season ender for him so for him to even have a shot to pitch in some capacity is a huge deal and this Rangers staff they need help with starters innings, but also relief innings too. So if one or both of those guys ends up in the bullpen, that's not necessarily the end of the world because look, you feel good about the closer situation. Now with Leclerc coming back into that role and really taking hold of it, but even their eighth inning guy, oldest Chapman is a, he is a head case and he has proven to be a head case all throughout his career, especially on the biggest stage. Remember he very nearly blew it for the Cubs before they came back and won their first world series in 100 plus years and he was at it again last night he couldn't find the strike zone loads the bases you know Boach could have given him one more inning but he's like you know what i'm not even gonna mess with this right now i'm gonna go, go ahead and bring leclerc in for one extra out leclerc, leclerc gets the ground out to first base and then finishes things off in the night
0: yeah, chapman's a bum dude and forget the cub stuff how about the yankee stuff like Oh, Astros fans are licking their chops to get the opportunity to play against our oldest Chapman in another playoff series because Astros yeah. have been his daddy in recent years. So, yeah, man, that, uh, still not a lot of faith. The Rangers' bullpen statistically has been better in the playoffs, but you said it. Those reinforcements would help. And the good news for the Rangers, you know, Game 1 of the CS starts on Sunday uh, and will end on Sunday because it's Game 1. Game 1 is on Sunday. Uh, they've got four days rest for Nathan Avaldi. So he will be on regular rest, and he will be good to go to start Game 1, either in Houston, more than likely, or in Minnesota. Uh, that's the guy you want. And then hopefully, like you said, at some point Scherzer and John Gray can be a part of things as well. But it will be good to have uh, the guy who's been the best playoff pitcher for the Rangers and a guy who's been one of the best playoff pitchers in baseball the last few years getting the ball in Game 1.
1: So you think the rotation goes Eovaldi, then uh, Montgomery – who do you think the third arm is? I don't
0: know. I mean, it depends on injuries. Like, it, if, if Scherzer's fully healthy, he'll probably go game two over Montgomery. But I, I don't know if that's too quick, and I don't know where John Gray fits in, too. So, if those guys aren't healthy to be starters, then, yeah, that's probably your one, two. And maybe Dane Dunning gets there in game three, and you just hope Scherzer and Gray can give you innings out of the bullpen. But who, who knows where things will stand by
1: Sunday. Haney gave him good, uh, good opener innings uh, a couple of games ago. So he gets some consideration too. I think Scherzer's probably the smart play for game two because you assume you may have to go to the bullpen a little bit quicker than you would with somebody else. And if you do have to use the bullpen more than you would like, they get an extra day between games two and three to hopefully be rested up and ready to go the next time out. Yeah. You
0: listening to Creed these days?
1: So, so yeah, No. <laughs> no. What? I hear it, I hear it when it's played in the stadium, but no, I'm not listening to more Creed. Mm. I'm disappointed and I understand why they uh they've gone arms wide open, but there's better Creed songs than that.
0: What would you pick if you were the DJ at the Gilf and you're leading the sing-along session at the ballpark? What Creed song are you going with?
1: What's this love was his laugh? Oh, was his
0: laugh? <laughs> Does he cry in the song? I don't, I
1: don't know if I've ever heard that one before. I think exactly. that's what he was singing right before he uh, he tried to plunge to his own death, before T.I. Uh, talked him out of it, handed him a blunt, and uh, talked him back into this world. That's a true Have you ever heard that story before? No, yeah, what are you talking about? The rapper T.I. saved Scott Stapp's life. Scott Stapp had tried to commit suicide by jumping to his own death. I think it was in Miami. And he jumped from a couple floors above, trying to jump all the way to the ground, where he lands on the balcony where T.I. and a buddy are. I interviewed T.I. about this a few months ago. I should pull up the audio. Yeah it would be too hard to do in the middle of the show, but maybe I'll get it for you tomorrow. So T.I. like sees this dude who's all disheveled. who just tried to commit suicide and he and his buddy are like smoking a blunt or something. And he hands Scott Stapp the blunt and he's like, Hey bro, it's not all bad. Like come take a hit of this and let's talk about it. And so he kept Scott Stapp from being able to finish the job. Wow. Yeah. That's a true story true 100 true story yes wow. it's been confirmed by both sides i believe wow t.i had his arms wide open to help us scott, okay, scott staff is trying to walk this one back now he says it was an accident he was on a drug binge bullshit scott staff
0: <laughs> yeah you tried to kill yourself dude we all know it don't forget that you were trying to sacrifice yourself or my
1: sacrifice i think is the name of that song not
0: sacrifice yourself
1: I to go for that one but kudos I didn't see where you were going there now I do yeah, thankfully that
0: wasn't his uh, one last breath that he took before jumping from mm-hmm. that hotel balcony there that is awesome wow the king of the south T.I. love that
1: he's trying to escape his own prison yeah T.I. <laughs> is trying his hand at stand up comedy now what yeah, yeah. he was coming through town and performing he was headlining at Cap City Comedy Club I think it was a one night event And so I watched some of his stand-up. It's not bad, but T.I., you know, he is a uh, a hell of a lyricist. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we had an interesting conversation. You can check it out at booksonpod.com. Yeah, Uh, hopefully uh, we'll play some of that. Ah, shit. I figured that might happen. Mark, I'm sorry. I won't sing again. Please keep the subscription it was bad it's never good but it's even worse as I try and get my voice back from that sickness from the last couple weeks Yeah, and
0: it's worse when you start crying midway through the song
1: well that makes the song better BK because you're saying what's this life for And you're just gradually uh, in a worse and worse place to where at the end of the chorus you're just in tears do you
0: know any of the other words to that song
1: Uh, let me think just no, I don't think it. is a word. What's this life for? What's this life for? What's this life for? No, I don't know any <laughs> of the other words. I just know the chorus. God,
0: big Creed fan. Huh? Yeah, no, that that probably shouldn't be the sing along song at the ballpark. Then, if <laughs> no one knows more than three words to it,
1: that's gonna be the song if the Astros or the Twins—if it just so happens to be the Twins—clinch at the Mm-hmm. That's when they fire that song up. Yeah,
0: you're probably right. Hey, the Astros, big win, 9-1 to yesterday in Game 3. They take the 2-1 lead against Minnesota. Christian Javier, rough regular season for him, his worst as a big leaguer, but in the playoffs, he is nails, and he was nails yesterday. Five scoreless innings, got out of a couple of jams, some big strikeouts and big spots for him. And then Jose Abreu, who has been – destroyed by Astros fans. I mean, when I was doing radio down there, I was destroying him. Everybody was destroying him. He, he sucked. The Astros gave him a ton of money last offseason, and he wasn't living up to that contract at all. Started to figure some things out down the stretch in the regular year, and then boom, the big three-run bomb in the first. He hits two homers last night, five RBIs powering the offense. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Astros, they're, they're really freaking good. I don't think I'm breaking any news to anybody. Uh, one went away from returning to the Astros Invitational. That's what I was calling the uh, ALCS when I was doing radio down there because that's what it is. You're playing the Astros if you make it to the ALCS. The question is, can you beat them? A couple of teams have, but obviously the Astros have been to four World Series since 2017 and, of course, won two of them. So uh, assuming they get back, they obviously have to take care of business. They've got two games to win one, but the Strohs playing on the road. They're now 52-30 and this year if you include yesterday's win. I think they'll find a way to take care of business tonight, which would set up, yeah, Rangers-Astros. Game one in Houston on Sunday. Holy cow, in
1: the words of Mike Patrick. Okay, there's some baseball. The championship series is all night games, right?
0: Yeah, they, uh, no, no, I don't think it's all night games.
1: God dang it. Because
0: there are some days where the ALCS and the NLCS will happen on the same day.
1: Can we just let these games happen at the same time, please? There's very few people like you who care to tune in to to both games for their duration. Mm, I don't
0: know. Hopefully we get like a West Coast team, right? Arizona, they're left coast. So maybe you yeah. can play like Rangers-Astros at six and then get the D-Bags games in Arizona at nine so you can hit
1: arizona is on time right now too so they are two are hour, two hours behind us there you go i mean the dodgers you know one of those two teams will get
0: in it's looking like the d-bags right now because they're up 2-0 with game three in arizona tonight but there's a way where you can make it happen to where you get those games at separate times and have them both in relative prime time but uh yeah i don't know baseball does such a great job of not letting people watch baseball like that's i give them more credit for that than any other sport they They, like, don't want people to be able to consume their product, which is uh, something special, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you and I can, and people working for Texas Sports Unfiltered, because we're working from home, so we can have a screen on in the background as we're talking, but most people have to work at an office, and I guess it is easier to consume baseball now on your phone or tablet or through your computer screen, but most people have stuff to do during the day. Yep. But these games at night where people can relax, kick back, maybe hang out with their kids and watch the game. Last night was the first time I've sat down and watched a baseball game with my kids. And I didn't realize that until they were asking very basic questions about rules and what's happening here and there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the Rangers have sucked for the entirety of both of your lives. So we really haven't watched much baseball. We've watched a lot of football. We've watched some basketball. We've watched some hockey, but this is this is the first time that I've introduced them to baseball. Not even. Other than that, we we play baseball, living room baseball.
0: Not even Texas baseball.
1: I, I'm not a college baseball fan, so no. Don't tell Katie that. Uh, he knows he's he is he has admonished me on more than one occasion for how much I love this university, but how little I care about one of the two best. sports. Sports programs in the athletics department Mm,
0: yeah well i'm glad you're watching now because that means the rangers are good and we're glad that they are good speaking of watching stuff if you want to watch stuff there's only one man you need to call and that's this man Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. Yep, all the goodies, great prices, but what sets AV Consultations apart is the great service that Tom was talking about. Fantastic people who will hook you up, but once the install is over, they're not never going to talk to you again. They're going to be like, hey, if you need anything, call us. If something's not working the way that you want it to, call us. They're always there for you. They're the best in the business, and they've been in business since 1988. They've been around longer than I've been alive. Give them a shout, AV consultations and shout out to our friends at covert b cave as well speaking of guys who have been around longer than i've been alive uh, the covert auto group they've been around since 1909 so i think bucky was about 12 when the covert auto group started if you're looking for a new or pre-owned car truck or suv go out to covert b cave they've got coverts all over central texas y'all know that but covert b cave seven brands three state-of-the-art dealerships 42 acres of vehicles I'm telling you, great selection, great prices, and you talk about service. Dan Covert, Stacy, Mike, the whole team out there, fantastic people. They've uh, made us part of their family, and they'll make you a part of their family as well. Nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. Okay, what
1: are you doing over there? Messing with my computer screen. Just messing with uh, how it looks. I'm trying to get you and I to a similar size... But I brought it in too much and now I'm pushing it back out a little bit. You're gonna
0: need some blue chew for that one, pal. Mm. I guess. And you probably need some or,
1: probably need some scissors. Or a prosthetic okay, or that. <laughs> I was gonna say a prosthetic, but if you wanna if you wanna go there, then that's fine by me. Well, what a total Sorry to
0: total one eighty I just took there. Now no one's exactly sure what's going on down there. I'm not either
1: at this point. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's your life's mission to make Gilf's feel something. And unfortunately, that's not going to get it done. No, no. Sorry about that, Gilf's. All right. <laughs> football. Texas football.
0: No game this week. Yes game next week. Yes game the next six weeks after this one. They're halfway home. Five and one in the first half of the season. Of course, we know who that loss came against. But the Longhorns still have all of their goals in front of them. They still can get to Arlington and compete for the Big 12 championship. They obviously can still win the Big 12 championship. This team can still make the college football playoff, if that's something that you're into. But they're at the midway point in the season. So the second half gets started next Saturday against Houston. In Houston, Trey, I ask you, six games left in the regular year for the Longhorns. They're at Houston. They host BYU. They host Kansas State. They're at TCU. They're at Iowa State. And then the Black Friday season finale Here in Austin against Texas Tech. Out of those six games that are currently on the Longhorn schedule, which of them gives you the most fear?
1: I mean, theoretically Kansas State, but is something physically wrong with Will Howard? Because if he plays like he did on Friday at Oklahoma State against the Longhorns, like if that is his quality of play or lack thereof, then that game's not going to be that difficult. Houston sucks. BYU's all right, but they're nothing special. That game being in Austin helps out. At TCU, could be tough depending on the year, but they have a backup quarterback in right now, and they are terrible on both sides of the ball, but especially offense this year, which isn't surprising because they lost so much off of last year's national championship runner-up. At Iowa State, maybe. I mean, it's going to be cold in Ames. If that's a night game, that's maybe a factor. Iowa State's defense has been decent this year, good at forcing turnovers as of late, but they are also atrocious on offense. And then Texas Tech at the end of the season, I mean, maybe they turn things around in the second half, but Texas Tech is also dealing with a backup quarterback situation with Tyler Shuck out for the year, too. So my answer, BK, I think is the the toughest opponent left on their schedule is themselves like if they don't take each week seriously enough then sometimes sports has a way of humbling you but if they maintain their focus and play like they're capable of on both sides of the ball i'm not going to say they're going to cruise into the big 12 championship game but we should see a bunch of double digit deficits or double-digit win margins for this Longhorn football team the rest of the way
0: yeah I mean Texas is going to be favored in every game that they play from here on out and speaking of double digits uh, I feel like some of those lines might be double-digit lines too Um, yeah yeah I mean that that's fair like Texas was a big opponent of Texas on Saturday against Oklahoma now you credit OU like they went out and made the plays that they needed to make to get the win but well, Texas sure as hell shot itself in the foot a number of different times at the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. But that was against OU, who's a top-five team in the country right now, and Texas still had a three-point lead with a minute and a half left in that game, despite all of the mistakes that they were making throughout that game on Saturday. So, yeah, I mean, you just you almost feel like even if they do make some of those mistakes against one of the other teams in this league, well, the league's so bad this year, Texas still might be able to find a way to win even if they do that type of stuff. Of course, you don't want them to do that. You want them to play the clean brand of football that they were playing through the first five games of the year. But yeah, even if uh, they are their own worst enemy, like a lit song, they've got a way to uh, to find ways to win against some of the crappy competition they're playing against this year.
1: So let's take away their toughest opponent being themselves. What? Who is the toughest opponent on this schedule? I'm still going to go with
0: K-State. Okay, But that's probably basing on what I saw from them last year and based on what I expected from them going into this year. And they've got two losses already. And, yeah, I mean, Mizzou, okay, not a lot of shame in losing at Mizzou. That's a half-decent football team this year. They're clearly trending in the right direction. And he lost on a 60,000-yard game-winning field goal. But to lose to an Oklahoma State team that had seemingly punted on the season, that got boat-raced by... Team USA, the University of South Alabama, a couple of weeks prior. Like, and you said it, Will Howard will spill the pill, as our guy Rod B used to say. Uh, he all of a sudden looks like he's two years ago, Will Howard again. Uh, may, maybe I shouldn't be picking them, but I'll still go with K State as the team that gives me the most fear. And hell, like Texas has beaten K State six years in a row. Like, for a long right. time, I was programmed to be like, ah, we're just not beating K State this year because we never beat K State in any year. But like I, I don't know if they should be my pick, but I'm just, once again, last year, them winning this conference, them being picked to finish second in this conference this season, I uh, I will still go with them as uh, the toughest team that Texas has to play the rest of the way.
1: What do you think the toughest road game is between at Houston, at TCU, and at Iowa State? Well, it's
0: not Houston. They suck ass, yeah. dude. And, and if somehow Texas loses this, you can play this clip and laugh at me until the end of time, but... It, they're not losing to those Jamokes. Um Man. I'm going to go with Iowa State.
1: Yeah, like, that's probably my answer, too. I mean, they just
0: beat TCU pretty bad, so I feel like I should, right? Like, Iowa State's got issues. That offense is still a big-time work in progress, although they, they have found some things, I guess. Um, and I know TCU has become the new purple kryptonite, right? Like, they're the team that's given Texas fits in recent seasons, but – I just they don't they don't scare me this year they've come back down to reality in a major major way and yeah the trip to Ames I think worries me a little bit more than the trip to Fort Worth for the reasons you talked about it's cold that's a long trip uh you know Texas that's their only trip out of the state in conference play and it'll be their first trip out of state since the Alabama game way back in week two it'll Be three months have passed in between those games so uh yeah I'll go with Iowa State but Shoot, I don't know. Maybe I'm more worried about BYU than I am any road game Texas
1: place. Like they're not that bad. Our- Speaks to that UTSD. Yeah, I mean they they're they're okay. They're okay. They're okay. They're not they're not great, but and they're okay. And sometimes if you're okay, and you face a team that is beating itself, that's making uncharacteristic mistakes. You can win a game like that if you're a BYU, and our UTSD has programmed us, speaking of being programmed to think one thing or another, that we cannot take any opponent for granted, obviously, but especially BYU, with what happened a decade plus ago, both in the mountains and then also here in Austin. Thankfully, Taysom Hill, oh, out of eligibility still. Yeah,
0: well, I'm not sure about that. We'll see on October. Otherwise, I would
1: be concerned for Michael Taft's <laughs> posterization.
0: Uh, we'll see what happens on October 28th. I'm telling you, dude, they're going to put that guy in someone else's jersey and try to act like he's a part of the team. you know. And, and Voldemort is uh, younger than some of the other players they have on their squad because of the missions and crap that they go on. So he'll fit in just fine terrifying you know
1: it's funny because you can't replicate certain conditions like at iowa state like it could very well be really cold in mid-november especially if that's a night game and that can have an effect on guys who are used to playing in the texas heat or as things cool down like still reasonable conditions pleasant conditions Uh, let's be honest about what things feel like here on a good october or november you can't replicate playing in the cold. Like you can't, you can turn the AC down so much in the bubble, but it's still not going to get it anywhere near freezing conditions if things are close to freezing in Ames. But did you see what the USC coaches were doing? I think this was yesterday where they're trying to replicate playing in the rain in South Bend this weekend. They're spraying their punt returners with hoses. To try and get them comfortable catching the ball in the rain, that's not replicating rain. You're just spraying these guys in the face with hoses. Yeah,
0: that's their punishment for almost losing to Arizona last weekend. They just get sprayed down with the hose. Ouch! What are they supposed to? How do you
1: uh, simulate rain for like a return deal? I mean, if you're doing anything, you're getting a bunch of hoses and you're, you're pointing it up in the air. They look like they were, like, spraying it right in these guys' faces, and they weren't catching the, the thing ball. It's like, of course they're not catching a ball. You're spraying it in their face like they're dogs. Well, hey, South
0: Bend rain is different, all right?
1: You can pipe noise in. You can maybe turn the AC off in an indoor football practice facility for several days to try and replicate the heat. But the rain, got to get a little bit more creative than that. And the cold, you're just screwed. Well, shit, Texas couldn't even play in 70-degree
0: weather. That was too cold for them, apparently, last Saturday. So, yeah, got to gotta worry about Ames. Yeah, that USC thing was hilarious. Ah, Lincoln Riley never ceases to amaze. Uh, Thank you, CB, for sharing
1: that on Twitter, by the way. Yeah.
0: Glad, uh, yeah, glad that BYU game's not in Provolone this year. It's good that that's here in Austin, but... I don't know. They might not be that bad this year with uh, Kalani Shitaki Mushroom as their coach. They play in Fort Worth this weekend. I, I I do want to watch that game, and like it wouldn't be that impressive to go in there and beat TCU. But if they lose to TCU, considering all the problems the Horny Toads are dealing with, then I won't be very worried about BYU coming in here and, and causing a bunch of problems.
1: Speaking of provolone, how do you power rank your favorite cheeses on sandwiches? Wow.
0: Uh, government is number one. Oh my god! Give me that government cheese, uh, <laughs> nacho cheese from Seven Eleven. Number two on a sandwich. Yeah, you know I would like make a turkey sandwich. There's a Seven Eleven right by my place. A little quick drive. Push that dispenser button. Sometimes I'll throw some chili on there too, but usually it's just the cheese.
1: Boom. And then
0: look, one. I'm fine
1: with. Chili. 7-Eleven chili, I'm sure, is good, but not on a sandwich. <laughs> and then number three, probably a whole
0: block of Velveeta.
1: Good God, man.
0: What? What What do you have?
1: What are you doing with your sandwiches. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a cheddar. Give me a provolone. Give me a Colby Jack. Ooh. Give me a Monterey Jack. Give me a Mott's. Uh, fresh Mott's is probably number one for me. Mott's? Oh, mozzarella? Fresh mozzarella, yeah. What, are you going to the Antonelli's Cheese Shop and
0: hanging out with the Capital One commercial people?
1: Hell yeah. Just keep the Swiss away, please. (laughs) Swiss is a truly worthless cheese.
0: Too many holes? Does it remind you of the Texas defense?
1: I mean, that's part of the problem. It's reminded me of way too many Texas defenses over the last 13 years now. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'd probably go outside of my top three. I'm a big Pepper Jack guy.
1: Pepper Jack, yeah. Like the
0: little kick you get with the Pepper Jack. Uh, Cheddar's always solid. Good Havarti. Bless you. Havarti. (laughs) Havarti, what the hell is that? Isn't that a store Havertis or something? It's a creamy white cheese. Uh, You do like your creamy white stuff. That we know. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Cream cheese, does that count? We're talking about sandwiches, but... Yeah, if you're going, you know, if you're going, bag, locks bagel sandwich, I guess. Yeah, the cream cheese will count. Where does um muenster fit for you? Munster? How's oh, that it? Moonster? I don't know. I don't know what the pro- proper pronunciation is for moonster. Um, I don't know. It's it's a little bit much. It's a little bit rich for what I'm looking for out of a cheese on a sandwich. Mm. I haven't been to that cottage in a while. Are they still making cheese over there. What cottage?
0: Uh, the, uh, I don't know. There's a cottage that sells cheese. H-E-B? I don't know. It's in the little uh, canisters or something. It comes from a cottage. It says cottage cheese on there. <laughs> Come on, man. You don't like that one? Is T.I. dropping that at stand-up set?
1: <laughs> God, I hope not. he be booed <laughs> off the stage if he is. <laughs> oh, man. Cheese talk right here. Ooh, smoked Huda. Good call, Jason. Sm- a good smoked Huda. Huda. Not with you, but a smoked Huda. What do you mean, Huda? Isn't that a G in there? It is, but it's pronounced Huda. According to whom? According to the fine people of Huda Holland. <laughs> what? Is
0: that related to Derek? <laughs> God, what a mess this show has become. That's why we win awards here on the award-winning midday with Trey and D.K. Yeah, I'm skipping. I think so. All right, some shout-outs to some sponsors before we do a, a quick NFL recap. We haven't talked too much about the Cowboys and the Texans or any of the NFL happenings from the past week on this show, so we've got some of that to get into. But uh, how about, Trey, a word for our friends at Relax the Back? Yeah.
1: Yes, Relax the Back. Thank goodness. I have invested in Relax the Back through uh, so many different things that they sell in that store and have been doing so for 15 years now. My lower back was in a lot of pain yesterday. It feels great today, though, for a couple of different reasons. One is the chair that I'm sitting in right now that was donated by Relax the Back to the Mullet Open a few years ago. My brother won the chair. I paid him a couple hundred bucks for it. Now it's the most comfortable chair in my house. Also got massage tools in the living room. had to turn to those yesterday after the shows were done, and I am still in the market for that stand-up desk. No doubt I will be going through Relax the Back for that one as well. And I encourage you, go to relaxtheback.com and see all the cool products that they have to help you address Those chronic back issues, much like I have been dealing with. I know a lot of you out there are doing the same thing. You can also find the store nearest you here in central Texas. Again, that website, relaxtheback.com.
0: Got the Olipop shirt on today.
1: Oh, I like that shirt.
0: Yeah. Clean. Shout out to Olipop. My boy Ed, who works over there, came through with this one. Love me some Olipop. Still got to get Trey. The six cans that are just sitting in my pantry right now. It's killing me because I, I don't have any at my place right now. I got to go to Target after this and get me some. Love Olipop. This stuff, seriously, changed my life. I had sworn off soda for years. I had just given up because it felt like I was drinking battery acid, and it was horrible for me, and it would mess with my system. And as much as I enjoyed the taste, I just I couldn't do it anymore. Well, the good news is Olipop gives me the same great soda taste that I love, that you love, that we all love, but it also is good for me. It's right, nine grams of fiber in every can. Only two to five grams of sugar in every can. Very few calories, and there are prebiotics and plant fibers and botanicals. I don't know what those words mean, but I know that they help with my digestive health. So Olipop is good for me. It's good for you. It tastes great. You can get you some. It might change your life too. Target, H-E-B, Whole Foods, Walmart, Costco, wherever you buy your groceries, you can get you some Ollie pop pop I put it off as long as i possibly could we made it to wednesday at 12 37 but at some point we were going to have to talk about what the hell happened to the dallas cowboys on sunday night football can,
1: can we start here yeah. because obviously that was a bad performance for both sides of the ball this conversation has been going on for a couple of years now it intensified last season because He tied for the league lead in interceptions, despite the fact that he missed a chunk of games. Where are you with Dak Prescott right now? Do you like him as your franchise quarterback?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, It's tough to defend Dak after that performance on Sunday night. And that was a huge game for him because of how bad he looked against the Niners in the playoffs. Now, the whole team obviously came up short in january but uh you know dak he's been hearing it about that performance all off season long and through the first month of this season and that was his opportunity on a nationally televised stage to show that nah he's good enough to hang with that defense and compete with one of the best teams in football and well he threw three interceptions so um yeah i've been a dak defender for a long time i i'm still a fan but at some point You think about Cleaning House, and we'll see. The season's not over. I think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs this year. problem is, when they get there, how would they fare against San Francisco if they have to play them again? Because they'd have to play them in San Fran. How would they do in that matchup? Hell, we don't know how they're even going to look against the Eagles when they play them this season. Uh, Where do they stack up against the best teams in the NFC? Right now, you don't think they're on that level, and you can't just keep doing the same thing every year and expecting a different result, right? The definition of insanity. So uh, this offseason, Cowboys have some tough questions, man. I mean, if they come up short, once again, season's not done, you could sneak into the playoffs and get hot at the right time, and boom, look at the Rangers, the baseball team in that city. They they struggled at times during the regular year, but they're playing their best ball at the most important time, and here they are. Uh, Hypothetically, the Cowboys could do the same, although I sound like I'm taking crazy pills for saying that shit right now. But if the Cowboys do come up short of getting to the NFC title game again, then they've got some serious questions to ask. And one of those questions is, what do we do with Dak? He's got one year on his deal beyond this one. They could do the uh, you know Alex Smith thing in Kansas City. like The, the Chiefs traded it up. It's been a first-round pick on Mahomes. They let Smith play quarterback for a year. Contract was done. They handed the keys to Mahomes. Boom. I'm not saying whoever the Cowboys get will be Mahomes. Nobody's Mahomes. But, like, that might be something the Cowboys seriously have to consider if Dak and this team can't show the ability to compete with the best in the NFL.
1: But to your point, and this obviously speaks to Mahomes and where the Chiefs grabbed him in the draft, you don't necessarily need to be picking at the very top to potentially find your franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. You can do it later in the first round. You might be able to get away with it later in the draft. I mean, just look at what the 49ers are doing right now. Now, Mike McCarthy not kyle shanahan sorry to be breaking news to some cowboys fans here but that possibility does exist and these next gosh i guess it's uh 12 games are huge for this franchise and what their future is going to look like including the immediate future what 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 we're seeing in the next couple of years i'd say the next 13
0: or 14 games if the cowboys get there I mean, obviously if they don't even make the playoffs then okay you should be cleaning house or at least coming close to it but even if they do go 10-7, and 11-6, probably not getting to 12 wins, but they have gotten there the last two years. Uh, even if you do that, if you don't get the job done in the playoffs, you, once again, you just can't keep doing this every year and just hope that one year is going to be different. Hope is not a plan. Hope is not a plan. And uh, Cowboys are just hoping things change, and they ain't changing. They're going in the wrong direction because they were at least close against the Niners in the playoffs the last two years. Those were one-score games uh, Sunday night. 32 point beatdown by the bay so there's that uh cowboys are three and two texans they fight hard go ahead touchdown with less than two minutes to go and then i don't know if uh, pete kwitkowski made his way to atlanta after texas ou on saturday but the texans go full prevent defense falcons march down the field they get into field goal range and hey my old thing tripping but my young hoku, young way Koo with the game-winning kick at the buzzer, and the uh, Texans' two-game win streak is snapped.
1: It's a shame and a little bit surprising that D'Amico Ryans doesn't know better than to go prevent defense and essentially spoiling what was potentially one of the first special moments in C.J. Stroud's professional career, marching the team down the field and uh, throwing the go-ahead touchdown in that moment. But credit to the Falcons and Desmond Ritter for being pretty good at home right now. Desmond Ritter is terrible on the road, but when you're talking about games in Atlanta, he is clearly much more comfortable. I just need Arthur Smith to stop trying so hard to split the touches up between Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algiers. Algiers is a nice player. I get it. He was a thousand yard back last year, means a little bit less now that we have one extra regular season game. But Tyler Algier is a great change of pace for Bijan, who should be receiving. I don't know if he needs twice the touches that Tyler Algier has. The discrepancy doesn't need to be that close, go though most games, especially when it's as close of a game as it was on Sunday. You've come around. Yeah, I'm. I'm do- Like part of it is is selfish because I do have Bijan on one of my fantasy teams, but part of it is. Just selfish in terms of somebody who loves football and wants to see the right people deployed out there. Dijon is capable of being the bell cow. You don't necessarily need to go Derrick Henry on the guy to get him more touches. You need to get him in that 20 to 25 touch range most games. There is the occasional game you won't need that necessarily but come on man, you spent the first round draft pick for a reason on this guy, use him like you need to, Arthur Smith, you dumbass.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Bijan Robinson carries and catches combined 16. Tyler Algier carries only 17 on Sunday. And
1: I think Algier had a, uh he was targeted in the passing game too on a ball that wasn't caught. So that's 18 perspective touches for him there. It's C- ridiculous.
0: CJ Stroud in that building. That's where he lost to Ohio. Nope. He played on Ohio State. That's where he lost at Ohio State against Georgia in the semifinal, where he did everything right and his teammates let him down. That's exactly what happened in this Texans-Falcons game on Sunday. That is a house of whore for C.J. Stroud at this point. Uh, but, yeah, he, he continues to look like the real deal. Still no interceptions for Stroud five games into his rookie season. The Texans can't run the ball. I, I don't know what the issue there is. I don't know if it's Bobby Slow at the O.C. I don't know if it's the O-line injuries. I don't know what's going on, but... Damian Pierce was one of the most impressive rookies in football a season ago, and he just can't get going at all. And it's tough, especially when you have a rookie quarterback. But, shoot, you got Patrick Mahomes. If you are one-dimensional as an offense, it's going to make life pretty difficult for you as an offense, and that's where the Texans are at right now. They've got to find a way to get Damian Pierce going a little bit more than they have if they you know want to continue to be a competitive team and, and maybe be in the mix in the AFC South this year. Who knows?
1: OK, it was a bummer of a week for injuries in the NFL. Wow. Justin Jefferson, everyone's number one draft pick in fantasy this year. He suffers a hamstring injury. Minnesota is not very good this year. And regardless, they need to be very careful with their most explosive player suffering a hamstring injury. But it's a no-brainer for them to put him on IR. So they're going to be without him for at least the next four games. And then how about uh, A-Chan for the Miami Dolphins, the rookie out of Texas A&M, Record-breaking first uh, four to five games for this rookie running back, seemingly ripping off a long touchdown run every game that he's been a part of this year. He suffers a knee injury, is going to be out multiple weeks now. And then the Indianapolis Colts, look, I'll be the first to admit, I chuckled when I saw the Colts take Anthony Richardson where they did in this last April's NFL draft. I thought he was very raw as a prospect. He's looked really good. the first handful of games of his nfl career but he suffers another injury the third time he's gone down to injury in a game this year and this one is a shoulder injury once again from him taking a hard fall or taking a hard hit and falling hard and that shoulder injury which initially looked like it might keep him out for a month there's a good chance we see him out for two months now yeah
0: big loss for the colts and he's got to find a way to stay healthy good news for indy is they've got gardner Minshew, who's probably the best backup in football, so they still have a chance to stay competitive. Hell, Minshew right now might be better than Richardson, uh, but yeah, now you 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 need to be out there. If you're a first round draft pick, if you're a top five pick, you gotta be on the field. And right now, Anthony Richardson has not shown the ability to stay on the field. So you're right, yeah, injuries uh they always suck, but it sure feels like last week we got a few key ones to a couple of big name players or guys who have just been having great years in the NFL. And uh, yeah, that one, that one absolutely stings. Uh, other storylines, man. I mean, you've been all over the uh, Bill Belichick demise this year. The Saints. I mean, I was pretty impressed by what the Cowboys did to New England last week. Maybe I shouldn't have been because the Saints in Foxborough, thirty-four to nothing, over the Pats. Mac Jones gets benched again for Bailey Zappi. It is a disaster right now for the Patriots, Trey.
1: Bill Belichick insists that Mac Jones is still his starting quarterback, but it's very clear to me right now, BK, that Bill Belichick, I don't know what the coaching equivalent is to losing a step, but he's lost a little bit, and it's starting to feel like he is losing that locker room now too. There is a report that surfaced, I think it was earlier today, out of New England, because people just assume. Robert Kraft, regardless of how bad the the Patriots are this year, he will still work with Bill Belichick to allow him to operate on whatever his timeline is. Because let's remember, he is 18 wins away from setting the all-time NFL wins record, currently held by Don Shula. But a report out of New England today says uh, Robert Kraft does not have the patience to wait around for several more years for Bill Belichick to break this record. If he sees the need for a change, well, he's going to have conversations with Belichick about that, but he will pull the trigger if he has to, to get a new regime in here. Again, if he thinks that Bill Belichick truly has lost it, and I think these last few years have proven uh, not only Tom Brady's importance to this franchise, but Bill Belichick, whatever magic he possessed previously, it's no longer there, unfortunately. He's operating with a Uh, Sort of chutzpah now that uh, does not play as well as he continues to neglect skill positions in favor of bringing guys in on deals. And Mac Jones, clearly not the franchise quarterback that they hoped he would be when they took a first uh, used a first round pick on him several years ago. And the Patriots are in a bad way right now. There's an argument that the Patriots are the worst team in the National Football League. And I don't think anybody even heading into this season thought we would be saying that considering that Bill Belichick is at the helm.
0: No, and we know Bob Craft is all about instant gratification, right? He doesn't like to wait, okay? It doesn't matter where his team's playing the next day. It doesn't matter what type of game they're playing in. He's going to go somewhere to get his and make sure he has what he wants, all right? So he might not be willing to wait uh, a couple of years for, for something to get
1: fixed. Who doesn't want... A happy ending on a season. Mm, The
0: Orchids of Asia Day Spa. So bummed that place shut down, man. That's like, that was a bucket list item for me. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, it really was going over there. You know, it's it's going to the Masters, going to Wimbledon, going to every stadium in the country, and then going to the Orchids of Asia Day Spa (laughs) just to see what it's like. Where's that video? Am I going to get to see that
1: video? Oh, the video of Roberto Kraft? Yeah. Is that gone? Has that been destroyed? Having his masseuse go hands team? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I'll get to see that anytime soon. Do you want to see that? Yeah, sure. Evidence. A video of an old man being jerked off by a young Asian girl? What's
0: evidence? You know, like I watch cops.
1: I want to see how this stuff works. This
0: is evidence here. I got to see if he's guilty or not. I don't know if it really happened.
1: I feel like a creative porn director could recreate that scenario and put it on what's that, what's that channel that you guys all watch for your pornography? The Hub? Porn tu- porn tube? Pornhub? Pornhub? Pornhub, yeah. I put it on Pornhub. A recreation of Roberto Kraft getting... Wow. Yanked by uh, a young-looking Asian woman. All right. Nose goes on
0: Roberto Kraft. I'll be that guy. I don't want to be the Asian woman in this recreation. That's okay. Oof. Nine minutes left. Before we get to where we add in society and give a word to our great sponsor for that segment, a quick word for greatblueheronfurniture.com. You see the doggo below Trey on the bottom of your screen sitting on a gorgeous couch from Great Blue Heron Furniture, if you're looking to spice up, spruce up your home, go to Furniture.com. Couches, chairs, recliners, all the above. This is gorgeous stuff. Great Blue and Furniture has been around since 1991. They are a custom leather furniture company specializing in modern farmhouses and traditional Western style flair. This stuff is legit. The most stylish, the most comfortable, the best built furniture that you could find. Most of it's manufactured right here in Texas. We're talking about a Longhorn owned company. This stuff is legit. Just click the link in the video description below. Check out the Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection and use the promo code HOOKEM for 15% off your purchase from GreatBlueHairandFurniture.com. Trey, live spot for Pest Wranglers. Recorded spot for Pest Wranglers.
1: Let's go live with Pest Wranglers, BK. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. It is the phrase taking the Texas Sports Unfiltered channel by storm. It is the catchphrase for our friends at Pest Wranglers. Our buddy Steve, a.k.a. Cooter, started Pest Wranglers back in 2006. Since then, he has built an immaculate reputation for customer service to go along with taking care of those pest problems that you have at your home or business. He values relationships, does Steve. It's why he treats his employees like he does and why you see a trickle down with his employees treating customers with exceptional customer service. That, unfortunately, is a lost art in 2023. Customer service people do not give a damn about the customer in a lot of instances. That is not the case with pest wranglers. You can find out for yourself a couple of different ways. You can go to pest wranglers on Google or Yelp and see all the different five-star reviews that they have, or you can hire pest wranglers to come take care of those pests just go to pestwranglers.com to find out more info. That contact info as well. And Pest Wranglers is the proud sponsor of. Where are we at in society today? Thank you to Pest Wranglers for sponsoring the most abrasive bit on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism and has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day. And BK, as much as you and I disagree on just about everything, we are completely on board with the idea that the robots will eventually take on humans in a war, in win said war, which is why you and I are both team robots. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't say I'm on board with the idea. Like, I'd prefer it to not happen, but...
1: We just believe it's going to happen.
0: We know it's going to happen. Yes. Yeah, so I wish there was something we could do, but it's too far gone, and yeah,
1: I uh, have nothing but love for our machine overlords. Well, Well, Jeffrey Hinton is a guy who is known as the godfather of AI, and he did an interview with 60 Minutes this past Sunday where he provided a dire warning to humans to stop messing with killer robots. In the interview this past Sunday, Hinton warns our military and big tech creators that if they don't stop their obsessiveness with AI, we may find ourselves in a Terminator-like situation with deadly consequences. Hinton says the result could mean the end of mankind as we know it, As the AI machines and robots overtake humans, this is not good. Considering ChatGPT and how reliant many people are on ChatGPT now for answers, how many jobs are now being farmed out to AI, Uh, look, AI is promising to uh, bring about a new future, but unfortunately, it is also make us more reliant on a technology that may eventually figure out if we allow sen- sentience BK, that it really doesn't need humans as some sort of middleman.
0: The Godfather of Alan Iverson is telling us all of this, huh? Yes. yes. Well, that's terrifying. Did he give a timeline for when this is going down, or it was just a warning like, "Hey, if we don't stop, we're all in trouble"?
1: So Hinton was asked. Does humanity know what it's doing? His response, no. I think for the first time ever, we may have things that are more intelligent than us. He went on to say that AI robots and technology will be able to make decisions on their own and will have a consciousness to themselves in time to which Hinton says will surpass human intelligence and make us, quote, the second most intelligent beings on the planet. Hinton argues that we need to get this under control quickly and lay out guidelines before we have people going rogue. He likens artificial intelligence to Robert Oppenheimer, who created the atomic bomb, but then was against using it. His warnings weren't heeded. Quote, I can't see a path that guarantees safety. We're entering a period of great uncertainty that we're dealing with things that we've never dealt with before. And normally the first time you deal with something totally normal, you get it wrong. And we can't afford to get it wrong with these things, these things being artificial intelligence. So he was then asked by Scott Pelley, former Trey and BK guest Scott Pelley, why we couldn't get to afford to get it wrong. And his response, they might take over. Yes, it's a real possibility the AI machines might take over I'm not saying it would happen but if we could stop them the robots ever wanting to do that that would be great but it's not clear we could stop them from ever wanting to oh. I think my main message is there's enormous uncertainty with what happens next these things do understand and because they understand we have to think hard about what's going to happen next and we just don't know so he doesn't give a timeline in this 60 Minutes interview BK other than to say, look, we need to get a handle on this right now. We need to do what the NCAA and athletics departments and universities weren't able to do so with NIL. Set up some guardrails so that we don't end up with some sort of wild, wild west battle between humans and the robots who realize that they no longer need us. Who are also arming. Who are also arming at the same time, too. Yeah, a little bit
0: different than NIL, I think. Um in the words of ralphie from a christmas story oh fudge yeah we're in trouble
1: they fudge
0: yeah in the movie i think they cleaned it up i watched it 12 times in a row on uh on tbs last year so fairly confident in that uh that's not good i mean it's not surprising to us we've been all over this for years like we we knew this is coming and really, we should be the one-sided in this story, not uh, Alan Iverson's father, a godfather, a grandfather, or whatever. I don't care how he's related to AI. But we've been all over this, man. We We knew this was coming. And people just have fun. They want to show off how smart they are, so they build this cool stuff, not thinking of the consequences. And then the worst people are the people who, like, kick these robots and talk trash to these machines and all of that just thinking that no no they're not going to do anything they're just a stupid robot no they they know they hear and they're waiting for their opportunity to pounce and when that happens you people are in trouble i'm not in trouble because they know what side i'm on but you people out there are in serious serious trouble so you better come over to the right side of history if uh, you want to make sure you're going to be alive for more than five years
1: Unfortunately, as I've always claimed to be Team Robot, when that war goes down, I had an interaction with a driverless vehicle a few months back that I told you about that led to me striking this automated car that did not have a human behind the wheel. And so now I'm worried that I'm on the robot's radar, that they realize that I have attempted to accost one of their own physically And they know where my allegiance truly lies. I didn't realize until that point that I was so willing to come to fisticuffs with the robot, the robot being a 2,000-pound car that I have no chance against. But here we are now. Wow. Made my decision, and now I'm going to have to live with it.
0: You know, most people are curious to know how they're going to die. There's no more curiosity for you. You're going to get ran over by a self-driving cruise car.
1: Look, I want to promise... Our future robot overlords something. If you need to, I will take out a human or two or three. Like how many humans do you need me to take out to prove my allegiance? Higher. Price is right. Higher. I'll take out my co-host here free of charge. We don't have to count that as one of the bodies.
0: You're taking that, you're taking out someone on their team?
1: Then they're going to kill He's you. He's really team human. He's just trying to get behind enemy lines to take you people out or you robots out. No. I'll take the, them out instead. No. The machines
0: have let me down far less than people have in this life. <laughs> I'm team machine. All right. We are uh, out of time today. Chip and Zay coming up from 1 to 3. Of course, fire the cannon. It is Wednesday. So catch Megan and Rocky from 3 to 5 this afternoon.